Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. What it do, what it do, fam. Welcome once again to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Goldberg. And uh, let's kick this bad boy off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much again for this time of hearing from you, of learning from you, of growing uh, from your word. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to hear your word shared with us with clarity, simplicity, and understanding. We know that the word is going to go forth and impact the lives of those who hear it, but also the word behind the word will impact the lives of those who hear it individually. For that is what your word does. It, 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 it works, speaks to us collectively, and it also speaks to us individually. I declare, God, that every ear is open to hear, every heart is anointed to receive. I declare, God, that every word that comes out of my mouth will only be the words that your people need to hear. They will hear your word, understand your word, receive your word, apply it to their lives, and see their lives change little by little, step by step from the inside out. We declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper and that the will of God will go forth during this time. We thank you and honor you. We praise you, God. We glorify you. We declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. What's going on, people? Y'all good? Everybody good? I know, man. It's it's crazy. It's crazy right now, but but God is, uh, uh, Jesus is over craziness, right? He is a name that is above every name. And so craziness, Jesus' name is above craziness. So as we continue to lean on him and trust in him and know that he's got our backs, uh, we will continue to be able to navigate through this time of craziness. I speak peace to the hearts of those who are hearing this podcast today. Uh, I, I remind you that God is with you and God is for you. The word says, if God be for us, who can be against us? That's a rhetorical question because the answer is nobody can be against us because God is for us. Come on, say that with me. God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. And if God is for me, nothing can be against me. Nothing can be against you and win, right? We have the victory the word says that, 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 that God always causes us to triumph. He always causes us to be ahead at the head of the parade with our trophy in hand saying, look at what the Lord has done. So you just keep walking that thing out day by day, step by step, and he's going to get you through it. You're going to look up one day and all of that craziness is going to be way, in, way behind you. It's going to be in your past. Amen? Amen. All right. I got an interesting uh, interesting show today. Uh, actually, we're going to do this in two parts, so the next two podcasts will be dedicated to this thing I'm going to bring before you guys today. It's interesting. It's uh, it's one of those things that, you know, my brain works in a very interesting way, <laughs> and I can put a couple of things together that aren't necessarily connected and create a connection. Um, some years ago, uh, one of the cable shows had a show called Mythbusters where they took these uh, scientific or historical myths and uh, did the real investigation on them and kind of busted the myth where what we thought it was, you know, all of our lives, it was actually something else. 
Uh, for example, and I'm not trying to get into anything overly political here, but uh, for years uh, it was assumed that Columbus discovered America, that he was on his way to America and found it and discovered it and on and on and on, and we had that day that we celebrated and all those things. And the reality is he got lost. He got lost. He was trying to get to the to one part of uh, the other part of Europe, uh, I think it was called the East Indies, and he was looking for treasure, and he got lost, and he ended up in a place that he had no idea existed. And uh, so that was sort of a myth buster, that Columbus didn't f discover America, he got lost and ran up on some ground and uh, gave it a name. Uh, so, we're going to look at something called spiritual myth busters. Spiritual myth busters. We're going we're gonna to look at some things and some assumptions and some phrases that have been used oftentimes in church and in church language. And uh, we're going to get to the heart of, is that real or is that something that was made up? Uh, is that on the mark or is that a little bit off the mark based on something that's on the mark? And you guys know me, we're going to go through the Word of God and and uh, find out exactly what it is that we should be understanding about spiritual phrases and what I would call church cliches. Um, not all church cliches are bad. Uh, oftentimes people who didn't grow up in church have no idea what we're talking about so there's this whole individual language that's been created and when you try to talk church language to non-church folks they have no idea what you're talking about and uh, one of the things that Jesus did was he spoke in a language that all could understand if he was speaking to the Pharisees he would speak with scripture if he was talking to lay people he would use parables you know uh, when he talked to his his 12 and got them off to themselves he spoke in a language that they could understand he broke things down because the goal I believe of Jesus's ministry in addition to in addition to miracles um, but I think miracles were kind of the advertisement for what he preached on, which was the kingdom of God and really understanding what the kingdom of God was. And so they called him rabbi. They called him teacher. And so a teacher is not going to give you something that you don't understand, a good teacher anyway. Um, and so we want to get this thing down to a place where we really understand what it is that we're talking about. We really want to understand what it is that we believe and we really want to know what it is that we need to stand on. I think I referenced the scripture not too long ago in an earlier podcast. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And if we're living our lives on the wrong foundation, thinking that it's the right foundation, and that foundation is not from truth, when it's destroyed, we're going to fall. And that's what we see a lot of in the past, you know, past couple of decades a lot of people falling because what they thought was truth from the Word of God was not truth and um, you know a lot of folk feel like they've been lied to and found themselves moving into other religions and other different types of belief systems and um, we want to do away with that now when I was younger <laughs> this show would be uh, given with a whole lot of anger behind it <laughs> Because when I was younger and started finding, finding, finding out some truths about what it really is to be a Christian and what was being sold as Christianity, it used to make me really angry. Um, but I've gotten to a place now of grace 
and being gracious and knowing that there were some who came before me who were, who did the best they could. And many of them were well-meaning, um, even though they were off. And God has given me a heart, a softer heart uh, towards the people. But the mindset I'm attacking with every ounce of passion that I have. So, so here we go. And my 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 goal is not to offend. Uh, my goal is not to criticize. But my goal is to bring clarity and truth where the word of God is concerned. So let's get into this. Um, when I was in the 10th grade, I had a chemistry class. And I don't remember a lot from it, even though, you know, praise God, I, I got a pretty good grade out of it. Um, but one of the things I remember from the textbook that we used, they talked about the difference between accuracy and precision. The difference between accuracy and precision. And uh, I'll, I'll simplify it. Accuracy, if I, if I had a bow and arrow and I was shooting an arrow towards a target, accuracy would be hitting the target. But precision would be hitting the bullseye on the target. And I think for far too long we've been satisfied with hitting the target and not moved to hit the bullseye. For me, the bullseye of the truth of the Word of God is where the impact resides. The, the truth of the Word of God, the bullseye on the truth of the Word of God, that's where real impact happens, uh, dwells. That's where, that's where real change uh, resides. When we really can get an understanding of the truth of the Word of God, put in proper context, right? That's then when we can get a sense of using this word of God to change our lives from the inside out and not using it to create inaccurate doctrines or spiritual cliches that have no spiritual value, uh, no nutritional value spiritually. It's just all cotton candy. And uh, our lives can't change and we can't have an impact in the lives of others if we're living off of spiritual cotton candy. So we want to be precise and uh, we want to get into this thing. To that point, first scripture I want to look at, just sort of lay a foundation here, uh, is 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. All right. Many of you are familiar with this passage of scripture. And I want to look at it from uh, a couple of different translations to really dig down into the roots of what this is talking about. Paul writes to Timothy here in his second letter, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy 2, verse uh, 2, 15 in the New uh, King James translation says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's, that's what I want to get to. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I heard a man of God say years ago, and it really struck home with me. He said, you know, if you can rightly divide the word of truth, you can also wrongly divide the word of truth. And many times, uh, traditional understandings that are not in line with the word of God or not in line with the heart of God, and that's really what it is. It's not in line with the heart of God, came out of somebody who wrongly divided the word of truth. And they passed it on to someone, and they passed it on to someone else, and they passed it on to someone else. And now we've got these spiritual churchy cliches that, you know, either are incorrect 
or just out of context. So our goal here is to rightly divide the word of truth where these Christian sayings are concerned. Um, uh, I'm not angry, but I do feel a little vinegar coming up as I'm thinking about this stuff. <laughs> because it oftentimes leads people in the wrong direction and it gives people a wrong impression of who God is or it gives uh, the wrong impression of spiritual truths um, uh, that really have the potential to change and impact someone's life. So I, I, I hate to see the people of God be led astray by incorrect doctrine and truth. So, uh, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I got a smile on my face, so I'm okay. <laughs> the Amplified Translation of the second part of 2 Timothy 2.15, uh, where he talks about rightly dividing the word of truth, it breaks down correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling, and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Man, if we had more of that today, we'd, we'd be in much better shape. But that day is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming where men and women, women of God on a, on, a, on a higher platform with a louder voice will be able to show people how to correctly analyze and accurately divide and rightly handle and skillfully teach the word of truth. All right. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, we are about to rightly handle and uh, with the Lord's help, skillfully teach the word of truth. So let's look at Mythbuster number one. This is something that you hear oftentimes uh, spoken incorrectly. And that Mythbuster is money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of of all evil. Now, again, my goal is not to offend. My goal is not to criticize. So if you find yourself going, well, well that's, that's right. That, that ain't nothing wrong with that. Please, please, please just, just, just hear what I have to say, hear what I have to share, and then do your own study of it on your own. I'm not trying to, you know, speak against, you know, Elder Jones or Reverend Johnson that you grew up under and, you know, Pastor Flip Flap and, you know, and, and mother so-and-so. I'm not trying to speak against those people. I'm just trying to hone in on the truth of the Word of God. All right? All right. And those of you who've been rolling with me for a minute, you know that's my heart. All right. So we've heard said oftentimes, <clears throat> I heard this in the, on a Christian TV show one time, the, 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 the lady that was doing the interview, she said, well, isn't, doesn't the Bible say that money is the root of all evil? And I just cringed, man. I'm like, really? Really? So let's dive into this. Let's start with Ecclesiastes 10 verse 19, um, and we want to debunk this uh, phrase that money is the root of all evil, and then we're going to get to the scripture and see what it actually says, okay? So Ecclesiastes 10, 19, um, and we're going to kind of disprove that money is, the, uh, is a problem. Money is the problem. That money in and of itself is evil, right? So Ecclesiastes 10 and 19, that's not true, so that's what we're looking at now. If you're just joining us, <laughs> Ecclesiastes 10:19 says, "A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything." All right. Uh, I remember a, a couple; they got married. And uh, on their invitation, they were talking about gifts to give to them for the wedding. 
And at the bottom of the invitation for gifts, they had this scripture, Ecclesiastes 10, 19. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and they're still married today. I think they're going on my 12, 13 years they've been together now. Wonderful young couple. So love them so. But money answers everything. All right. I didn't have this one laid out, but I believe it's Proverbs 18. I want to say uh, or 818. Uh, don't quote me on this, but he talks to God is talking to the people of uh, the children of Israel, saying that um, God has given them the power to get wealth, uh, that his covenant may be established in the earth. I think it's Proverbs 818, uh, that God has given them the power to get wealth so that his covenant may be established. So if wealth and money was wrong or the root of all evil, why would God be giving it to them? Not to mention, we go to work on a regular basis. Uh, if money is the root of all evil, why are we going to work to get that evil stuff in our bank account every other week or every week? Okay, so it's not that money is the root of all evil. Let's look now exactly to what the scripture says. Some of you are already nodding your head because you already know because I got a bunch of biblical scholars listening to this stuff. I know, I know, you got me, you you with me, that's cool. Right, so here we go. First uh, Timothy chapter 6 verse 10. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 10. And he says, for the love of money. Ah, that one word makes a difference. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. All right. So we see two words that jump off here, uh, love and greediness. Now, when you put love and greedy, greed and mix it in with money, now you got some evil stuff going on. All right. When you take love, money, and greed and put it together, there's not a lot of good things that are going to come out of that. So Paul is writing to Timothy and telling him, listen, you've got to be careful with falling in love with money. He didn't say you got to be careful with money. You got to be careful with falling in love with money. I think, I think one translation says the love of money above all else. That, that, that everything that you do is motivated by money. And there were two songs, one in the 70s and one in the 80s. Uh, the one in the 70s was by the OJs, right? And even they got it right. For the love of money, people will steal from their brother. For the love of money, people will rob their own mother. For the love of money, people can't even walk the streets, right? For a small piece of paper, it carries a lot of weight. Right, that's a different part of the song, but, you know, for that mean, 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 mean green, right? Another song in the 80s was a hip-hop song said, what people, what, uh, what people do for money. Yeah, what people do for money. And, and uh, we know people in our own lives, they'll, they'll do stuff for money or they won't do stuff because you're not paying them. Even in the church. I heard a story, uh, uh, one of my mentors was sharing with me about how she, uh, someone else had been asked to come and work for the church, and, and the lady was like, oh, how much are they paying me? Are they going to pay me? You know. Now, we understand your skill set has value, and it has a certain financial value in the secular world and all of that stuff, but really we're going to lead with that? We're going to lead with how much are they paying me? You know, I teach at an aviation college, and I talk to my students often about, you know, 
what their priorities should be when they're choosing their first or second job. When they go into an interview, you should never ask, how much are you paying me? And you definitely shouldn't let lead with that, lead with that question. Because what that tells the employer is, all you care about is money. You don't care about what you do. You don't care about the job. You just care about money. And there are many people out here like that. So when you take love, money, and greed and mix it all together, it's a bad combination. Here's a translation called the Philip the Phillips translation and the Phillips translation says for loving money leads to all kinds of evil and some men in the struggle to be rich have lost their faith and caused themselves untold agonies of mind now these are um it seems like the implication is these are believers these are those who had made Jesus the Lord of their lives and transferred that lordship from Jesus to money. Some men in the struggle to be rich have lost their faith and caused themselves untold agonies of mind. Rich people, chasing or folk chasing after riches, chasing after money, chasing after the struggle to be rich, can't sleep at night may have achieved some of their goals. I know um, a very well-known celebrity uh, had touted that he wanted to be a billionaire by a certain uh, period in his life. And he's gotten to a point now where he understands that chasing after that money in the process of doing that damaged his family and damaged his relationships with his family. So now he's taking a step back and saying, yeah, I want to be successful, but I need balance now, right? Because, you know, I heard somebody say money is a, how did it go? Money is a wonderful servant, but it's a terrible master. Money is a wonderful servant, right? Money answers all things. That's what we saw in Ecclesiastes. It's a wonderful servant, but it's a terrible master. Because when money is ruling your life and running your life, it'll run you down to the ground. Amen. So the phrase is not money is the root of all evil. It is the love of money is the root of all evil. All right. So that's Mythbuster number one. Uh, we're going to do like four of these this show and then we'll do four the next show and close it out. Right. The next one is now I'm going into the tall weeds on this one now because <laughs> you hear this all the time. But uh, as I was praying about doing this show God said just give it to him son just just give it to him straight so I'm giving it to you straight all right so here's mythbuster number 2 when the praises go up the blessings come down right many of you when you're listening to this and when I got to the first part you finished it before I did cuz you you hear it you hear it all the time in church you hear it in gospel music you hear it in sermons when the praises go up the blessings come down okay okay so let's look at this. Let's go to Psalms 22 and 3. Psalms 22 and 3. Well, isn't that right, Cliff? When the praises go up, the blessings come down? Well, Psalms 22 and 3. <laughs> and my answer is yes, but the difference between accuracy and precision, all right? That it could be seen as an accurate statement. But it's not quite a precise statement. And uh, again, precision is where the impact lives. 
right? So Psalms 22, verse 3. Psalms 22 and 3 says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. You are holy, talking about God, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Now, one translation, the voice translation says, You make your home on the praises of Israel. So what are we saying here? We're saying here that when we praise God, when the praises go up, God makes his home in those praises. All right. So one way you could say it is when the praises go up, the blesser comes down. Right. I've heard someone say that God inhabits the praises of Israel. Right. Comes out of this scripture. He is enthroned in the praises of Israel, or he makes his home on the praises of Israel. Now, Israel in the Old Testament was just the children of Israel, but Israel in the New Testament is all of those who make Jesus the Lord of their lives, because now we become adopted into the family of Abraham, and Abraham was the father of all of the nations of Israel, all right? So we get adopted into the family through Jesus. And so now the praises of Israel, because of our faith in Jesus, includes non-Israel people, right? We are not Israelites in the natural, but we are Israelites in the spiritual because we are now in the family of God, all right? Now, some theologians and some scholars may take issue with the specifics of what I'm talking about, but all I'm saying is now we can praise God and he can come into, he can enthrone our praise just like he enthroned the praises of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. That now through Jesus, when we praise God, God himself enthrones himself on our praise. And when the blesser shows up, he shows up with the blessing. And actually, the blessing we already have, and that's a whole nother teaching, uh, but, but I'll say it this way. When the praises go up, the presence of God comes down, and in his presence there's fullness of joy, and in his right hand are treasures forevermore. See, that's precise. That's precise. That when I praise God, his presence shows up, and with his presence comes joy and treasure. Now, you can say the treasure are the blessings. Okay, that's fine. You know, I don't want to, you know, split too many hairs here. But my point is, you know, we, we've gotten to a point with the myth buster phrase that when I praise God, I'm going to get blessed. And if I don't praise God, I'm not going to get blessed. Well, I'm already blessed. The blessings of Abraham are mine. This is what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 3. If you be Christ... Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Well, what's the promise? I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing to others. Right? Uh, one translation of that in Genesis 12 says that you will be a blessing to others, dispensing good to others. So now I am the benefit of that promise through my faith in Jesus Christ. So when the praises go up, the presence comes down, and with the presence comes joy and treasure. Now, you want to rock that? Yeah, let's rock that. All right? And I know, I know, I know. 
It's simpler just to say it that way. It sounds good. It has an emotional component to it that makes us excited and enthused, but it has no real spiritual value. It may sound good on Sunday, but it's not effective on Wednesday. You get up in the morning and you praise God and you have a day that's, that came, seems to come straight from the pit of hell. Now, does that phrase ring true to you? Well, I praise God and I didn't get blessed. See, now you're going to get mad at God. Now, unbelief is going to start creeping into your mind. And you may still study the word and you may still go to church and you may still teach Bible study and you may still pastor. But somewhere up underneath your mind, because you stood on the foundation of when the praises go up, the blessings come down and no blessings came down. Unbelief now has creeped into your psyche. But when you look at the word of God and say God is enthroned on the praises of Israel, he makes his home in my praise. And now I say when he shows up, he's going to give me revelation. When he shows up, he's going to bring his wisdom. Those are the treasures. When he shows up, he's going to bring me peace. Don't worry about that, son. I got you. See, when I praise God, his presence shows up. And that's greater than any cliche, man. Because the creator of the universe makes his home in your praise. Now I can go praise God with the right expectation, right? Now I can operate in accuracy and precision and not accuracy. Y'all with me? You with me? Again, I ain't trying to ain't trying to hurt nobody. Just trying to, you know, fix some stuff. <laughs> All right. All right, next Mythbuster going deeper into the woods once again. Mythbuster number three. Tomorrow is not promised. Man, man. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I wouldn't have to work again. Tomorrow is not promised. Well, isn't that true, Cliff? Tomorrow is not promised. Doesn't the Bible say tomorrow is not promised? Well, let's find out. Let's find out what he does say about life and long life. We're going to go to Exodus 20, verse 12. Exodus 20, verse 12. Exodus 20, verse 12. And if I'm messing up your religion, good. <laughs> now you can get some truth to stand on and your life's going to change now. Now things are going to make sense. Now your words are going to have greater impact. Now your words are going to have spiritual value to you. And um, you're going to see God show up in your life in ways that you may not have even imagined. And you're going to see God in a whole different way. All right, so Exodus 20, verse 12. This is one of the Ten Commandments that was listed. Exodus 20 and 12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. All right. Now, somebody said, well, we don't live by the law of Moses anymore. That's true. The law has been fulfilled through Jesus. But just because the law has been fulfilled doesn't mean it's, it doesn't have value anymore. That's a tricky thing that, 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 that we're looking at here. Because the law has been fulfilled when we love people. Right. I think one of the John, one of the letters that John writes, he talks about the fulfillment of the law is love. Right. 
And so in, in loving our parents, it is a way that we honor them, right? Honoring our parents falls under the category of loving our parents. And in doing that and showing love to our parents, they will oftentimes give us wisdom and insight and perspective that we may have never had had we did not had we not loved or honored our parents i know my dad man my dad kicked out so much wisdom growing up uh, uh some of it i recognized as wisdom some of it i didn't as a matter of fact my my uh, one of my brothers and i and my business partner had a uh, uh a conference call the other day and uh my brother my younger brother my youngest brother who's just an amazingly accomplished businessman and uh, he was talking about how he does things. And he said, you know, my father used to always say, you got to start with a system, right? So there was great wisdom that came from my dad and uh, great insight that came from him. And as we've applied those things to our lives over the years, you know, I'm sure it allowed us to avoid certain things and a certain dangers and certain situations that may have cut our lives short. Um, so, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. All right. Now, I want to look at Psalms 91 and 16. Psalms 91 and 16. And I got to hit this one a little hard because, and we're going to go to the scripture that I believe most people got the idea that the tomorrow's not promised. We're going to get to that. And then we're going to chop it up and make sure we get that we rightly divide it. So you can go, oh, okay, I see, I see, I see. Right. Because the promises. OK, let me just read. Let me just let me just get to it. Psalms 91 verse 16. Psalms 91 and 16 says he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Check it out. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is God speaking through Moses. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, that phrase, long life, translates length of days. Length of days. The promise is length of days. The promise is not tomorrow's not promised. No, 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 no. The promise is length of days. As we, as we set ourselves under God's wings, as we set ourselves under God's protection, as we declare that he is our shepherd, that he is our shield, that he is our buckler, right? At the beginning of this particular psalm, he talks about how he is our, uh, 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 up under our wing, uh, and he, we will trust in him, right? Um, I don't know why I'm not remembering the scripture right now. People have been quoting it for the past five months under this COVID-19, right? Um, but he is my refuge and my strength, my God in whom I trust. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He is my refuge and I will declare to the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength, my God in whom I trust. See, when I put my trust in God and I make God my trust and I make God my source, it puts me in position now to be answered when I call on him. It puts me in position for him to be with me in trouble. It puts me in position to be delivered by him and to be honored by him. And it puts me in position to have long life and length of days. Amen. 
Amen. All right, last one, and then we'll get to where I think the, the, the myth buster, the myth came from. We're going to bust this thing. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. We're looking at this myth that says that tomorrow is not promised. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace will they add to you. For length of days and long life and peace will they add to you. This is what happens when we keep God's law. Now, again, the law we live by is the law of love. Uh, we, we spend our time loving on people. We spend our time praising God and loving on God, right? The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us in what to do and what not to do to help us navigate this thing called life. The Word of God is our manual of instruction. It's our love letter from God to man. And the loving one gives us these, these, these ways of instruction to help us navigate through life. Right, And as we do those things on a consistent basis, long life is promised to us. Now, somebody said, well, so -and -so, well Cliff, so-and-so died at a young age, and they were Christians. But we're not talking about just having faith in Jesus. We're talking about using the Word of God, using the wisdom of God, using the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit to navigate our lives. Now, I can't speak to anybody's relationship with God. I cannot. Okay? All I'm saying is what the Word says, that when we put our trust in God, when we allow ourselves to be led by the Word of God and the leading and the promptings of the Holy Spirit, that long life is promised to us. And we don't have to be going through life going, well, you know, tomorrow's not promised. I don't know. You never know what can happen. Tomorrow's not promised. No, the promise is length of days as we put our trust in God. Now, I will stand on that till there's no more breath in my body. That as as we you know, and man, yeah yeah, I mean, as we put our trust in God, as we are led by the Holy Spirit, you know, something told me I shouldn't have done da 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 da. And how many times do we not pay attention to that something told me? Right now, do we get it right all the time? Of course not. And and there is mercy available to us, so we don't end up in the places where we deserve based on our decisions most of the time. Okay, but my point is. We want to lean towards a long life consciousness and not a tomorrow's not promised consciousness. All right. I want to read Proverbs 3, 1 and 2 in the message translation. I don't know. Some of you going, oh, Cliff, I don't know about that. Well, okay. That's fine. That's fine. If you want to live as if the death angel is right over your shoulder for all your days, that's fine. If that's what you choose to do. I choose to believe the word of the Lord. Right? We always talk about whose report are you going to believe. We shall believe the report of the Lord. Well, this is the report of the Lord. Long days, length of days. All right, Is it automatic for anybody that's a Christian? I don't believe it is. But it's available to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart. All right, The message translation of Proverbs 3, 1 through 2 says, Good friend, don't forget all I've taught you. Take to heart my commands. They'll help you live a long, long time, a long life, a long life lived full and well. How many of you want to have a long life lived full and well? 
right? A long life lived. You will live a long, long time, a long life lived full and well. That's the promise, fam. That's the promise. That's the promise. Now, let me, let's go to James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. And I, I know I haven't gotten a lot of calls or texts or emails on these podcasts. I might be getting a few when this one comes out. <laughs> but it's all good, man. It's all good. James chapter 4. I want to look at verses 13 through 15. James 4, 13 through 15. Now, here we go. I believe, I'm not sure for certain, but I believe that this is where the myth came in on this scripture right here. James 4, 13 through 15. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a city and spend a year there and carry on our business and make money. Yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are really but a wisp of vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while and then disappears into thin air. You ought instead to say, if the Lord is willing, we shall live and we shall do this or that thing. Now, I want to look at verse 14. He says, yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are really but a wisp of vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while and then disappears into thin air. I really believe when people see this part of verse 14, they look at that and see, 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 he said, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And then they take it to, see, tomorrow's not promised. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about how fast life goes. How fast life goes. You're here today, you're going tomorrow. How many times have you looked around and said, you thought about something that happened, and you go, man, that was 30 years ago. It seemed like it was only yesterday. Right? I think about certain things in certain situations. I'm, I'm a member of a Sunday school class at my church. And uh, I was thinking about it today. We were in class on Zoom. And I realized it, it, it's been 21 years since I've been in that class. Wow. 21 years. Goes by like that. That's what he's saying. He's not saying tomorrow's not promised. He's saying life goes fast. And you have no idea what's coming. You make all of these plans and you make all put your schedule together and you make a five-year plan and a 10-year plan and you have no idea the things that are going to come into your life. You have no idea the people that will come in that may change your agenda, that may just mess your plan all up, that maybe God has a totally different plan for you. And that's his point. The point of the context of what he was saying was you're making plans without God, without considering God's plan. You're just going off and making plans. You have no idea what's coming down the road. And I believe many people have taken that and said, see, that means tomorrow's not promised as far as life goes. No, no. It's, 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 the, it's the, what does he say? The, 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 fleet, the fleeting aspect of life. That life moves fast. Today you're 20, tomorrow you're 40. Right? Today you're 40, tomorrow you're 60. Today you just start a job and tomorrow you're ready to retire. It goes fast. It's a vapor. It's a wisp. Right? But that doesn't mean any tomorrow you could die. 
We saw the promises of long life in these scriptures. We saw the promises of linked up days as we put our trust in God. James is talking about people who did not who do not put their trust in God and just make their plans without considering God at all. And he's saying God knows what's coming down the road, you don't. So what you ought to do is say if the Lord wills, we're going to do such and such and such and such. My dad still says that to this day. Lord's willing, tomorrow we're going to do blah, 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 blah. And this is where he got it from. And that's cool, right? One of my brothers says that all the time. He gets it from my, got it from my dad. Man, Lord's willing, we're going next week or next month, we're going to do such and such. We're, we're keeping God in the midst, the mix of our plans, right? I think a proverb says that man plans the way, but God directs his steps, See, that's man working in conjunction with God. I may plan to do something tomorrow, wake up in the morning, and, God, and the Holy Spirit goes, nah, don't do that today, do this today. Right? I'm on vacation right now, and I'm planning all of these different trips, day trips to different places, right, in the area of Southern California, and I didn't know what the order was going to be, and God gave me the order for the first two days. So, first day I went to one place, tomorrow it would be the next day I'm going to the other place. Now, if I wake up in the morning and he says, now, don't go there today, go so-and-so today. Or if he says, you know what, son, don't go anywhere today, just stay home today. I'm going to, I'm going to roll with his plan. But that does not mean tomorrow is not promised. Okay? All right. I think I've given you a lot to chew on <laughs> today. So we're going to stop here. And um, we're going to come back with part two on the next Mythbusters, Spiritual Mythbusters. Again, I, I hope this not, has not offended anyone. I hope it hasn't gotten you all, you know, twisted in your thinking. Go and read the word for yourself. Read the word for yourself. This is why I, I work very hard not to give people my opinions. And I pray at the beginning of the, the, this session that the only words that come out of my mouth are the words that the people need to hear. All right. So, you know, meditate on it. Let it marinate. Go back to those scriptures, listen to this podcast a couple of times, share it with some people, have a discussion about it, you know, and uh, let's let's take our Bible reading and our Bible understanding uh, to a more precise level so we can have, so the Word of God can have more impact in our lives and then our lives can have more impact into the lives of other people, all right? All right? All right. That's it for me today, fam. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.